Hello and welcome to HipCast, the podcast here to improve hip fracture care. My name is Neve Ramsey, Research Assistant at the Australian and New Zealand Hip Fracture Registry. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians of the lands we live and work on, and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Joining us on the episode today is geriatrician Dr Min Yi Xiao from Watamata District Health Board. Watamata's North Shore Hospital was the ANZHFR 2021 New Zealand Golden Hip Award winner. The Golden Hip Award was initiated by the Scottish Hip Fracture Audit to promote and reward better health care for people with hip fractures. For the first time this year in Australia and New Zealand, top performing hospitals were recognised for their achievements against the Hip Fracture Care Clinical Care Standard Quality Indicators. Today, we're getting an insight into Hip Fracture Care at North Shore Hospital and uncovering their secrets to success as a top performing hospital in New Zealand in Hip Fracture Care. Welcome, Dr. Siao, and thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. To begin with, can you please tell us about your professional background and your role at Watamata District Health Board? Sure. So um, I graduated from University Putra, Malaysia back in 2007 and obtained my FRACP in 2018. And during my geriatric training, I work in all the three DHB in Auckland region. I started my role as an autogeriatrician in Waitamata DHB since 2018. And in 2019, I was appointed as a member of New Zealand Hip Fracture Implementation Committee, replacing Dr. Shanka. So uh, my role as an autogeriatrician is involved um, solely on the uh, perioperative management for hip fracture patients uh, above the age of 65 for uh, New Zealand European artists and 55 and above for New Zealand Maori and Pacific Islander admitted to North Shore Hospital. And in North Shore Hospital, we operate about 400 uh, hip fractures per year. And uh, with the number of the hip fractures that we have, we actually is one of the um, highest number for North Island uh, in New Zealand. Right. And Watermata District Health Board was one of the early adopters of the ANZHFR contributing data via North Shore Hospital since 2015. How do you think hip fracture care has changed over time or at least since you've been on the team? So it's really good to have those data available back in 2015. That was like, you know, three years before I started as a geriatrician. And with a very strong database that you would actually know uh, what sort of a key performance index that you need to achieve. Um, and with that, um, so looking through across the board, um, from the audit itself, um, Waitamata back then wasn't really performing that well in terms of, I think all the DHB and all the hospitals will tell you the same problem is that uh, hip fracture patients are usually um, not really the most um, attractive people to the, for the anesthetist to anesthetize or, um, or the surgeons to do the surgery. Some surgeons would prefer to do some more acute traumas, younger patients uh, rather than older patients with a broken hip. So um, the hip fracture registry demonstrated, you know, uh, time to theater is one of the KPIs to improve. Simple things like um, access to really good analgesia, such as a femoral nerve block or fascia alica block, uh, was one of the issues in our DHP as well before I started. 
And also not just that is uh, all sorts of delays um, for the patients, for instance, due to basically medically unwell, anticoagulations issues, and overall, all this thing will increase uh, length of stay and also mortality and morbidity for the patients. So with the hip fracture registry that capture each and every one of this aspect that then we are able to identify what needed to be done and improve care from there. So when I started in 2018, so um, everything can be improved. And um, that's how ma I managed to, um, me and my team managed to actually um, review of all these um, little bits of, you know, where the problems arise. And then we'll try to improve each and every single one of them and doing it collaboratively. Um, it is not easy, but, you know, I'm very thankful that um, the success with our DHP was that uh, we able to identify each key player in each specialty. When you look at the patients with hip fracture care, it's not just the surgeon involved. It's not just the anesthetists involved. It's not just the physios towards the end or the ward. It has to be done really well as someone has to oversight from the patient's admitted to hospital all the way to their discharge is due to the it's all due to the perioperative journey so one of the key success was that what white matter is that we're able to identify let's say in emergency department we we have dr cecilia redmeyer who is been leading um, in developing a good pathway for hip fracture cares in emergency department where the patients come in right away suspected with hip fractures, they will get an X-ray, uh, checks X-ray ECGs, fluid resuscitated, and also a femoral block right away in, in ED itself. So from that, we're able to achieve about 95% of our patients that admitted through ED has got a block done before they reach the ward. And Dr. Cecilia Raymer play a very important role with that. Secondly, we have anesthetist Dr. Michael Kluger, who is the anesthetist lead with hip fracture cares. And from that, we're able to um, standardize, you know, what is it required for preoperatively optimizations for the patients. Um, and then we have the representative from the orthopedics department, uh, Mr. Bill Farrington and Mr. Matt Walker, one of them in my CD and Mr. Farrington himself are really keen in managing, you know, in getting the patients to theater. So any problem, there's a problem with the surgeons. I just go to Mr. Walker and Mr. Farrington and say, look, you know, we have this problem, you know, can we have a chat with your surgeon about it? Uh, prioritize the patients, you know, for surgery, please, you know, because these patients need to go first. And finally, me coming from the geriatric department, we just, you know, identify these patients, you know, who needs rehab discharge planning literally from day zero when they come into hospital. And also um, liaising with my MDTs, you know, preoperatively and postoperatively, the expected outcome uh, for this patient. Um, so I, you, I'll be sitting um, in the morning meeting every morning with the surgeon um, and the anesthetist discussing the patients that have hip fractures, uh, which actually has been optimized and ready to go for surgery. And um, I just want to let you know, on Friday, we have five patients with a broken hip. So five neck of femur fracture came in over the weekend. We have five of them in um um, all of them need, need surgery, obviously. And when you have a busy hospital, when you have five hip fractures, you know the rest of the acute list will have eventually blown out uh, patients with tibia plateau fractures and all of this needs priority. So from that is that we 
prioritize you know the hip fractures to go first and unfortunately this also leading to cancellation of elective surgery as well but um, as a geriatrician over there is actually providing an oversight for these patients and being coordinating coordinating with the rest of the specialties the anesthetists and the surgeons in the meeting um, to get these patients to theater and uh, with the target that's actually aiming for surgery within 24 hours in our DHP. And it can definitely be quite a challenge. As you mentioned, Watamata seems to have some of the highest numbers of hip fractures and so many different specialties involved. What do you think is the overall secret to Watamata's success in hip fracture care? The secret of the success is actually uh, collaborations um, across all the uh, departments that involve in the perioperative care for the hip fracture patients. So it's, it's, as I say, it's down to uh, able to identify, you know, the key role player from each department and getting them involved, getting the buy-in from the anesthetist, getting the buy-in from the surgeon, getting the buy-in from the emergency physicians that, uh, okay, you know, there's no block being done. Why there's no block? You know, can you make sure that uh, each three months, each six months rotation that you give your registrar the teaching, you know, to get the block done. So it's, I think it's, it's like, you know, making sure that everybody um, play an important role in pit fracture cares for, for the patients. Definitely, it seems like um, you've struck the balance of having a very productive teamwork and, as you said, ongoing training for the new people joining the team. So the other thing is actually um, I think the hip fractures case has to be proactive management rather than reactive management. Um, mm. for, you have to, like you have patients with, um, you know, have got underlying, underlying cognitive decline, you know that the chance of these patients having delirium is really high. So, and identifying and correcting all the factors preoperatively and postoperatively for post-op delirium is very important. So it should be, and I believe that it should be a proactive management for hip fracture care patients are the, you know, was one of the important thing. Secondly, is also, um, I, I mean, it's also down to training and education, as you mentioned, you know, not just to your RMOs, but also to ward nurses as well. So for me, we do have a, um, when there are new staff coming, let's say to our wards, um, that do not know about hip fracture. So we do have, um, I do have a presentations and outline the expectations and standard of care of hip fracture patients for the nurses. So it, the nurses will know, right, this is a hip fracture patients, what needed to be done, you know, what needed to get them ready for surgery. Why is that so important to make sure that this is done correctly before the patient's going to theater? And they one post, so, you know, why is it very important to get the patients up? Why is it very important to actually make sure that they open their bowel, the catheter has been removed, you know, analgesia has been given. So it's down to education, also a lot of buy-ins from the nurses as well. And basically try to appeal, you know, like, oh, if that's your grandmother or your grandfather in the hospital with a broken hip, I'm sure that you want, you want the best care for your grandparents as well. So why don't we start from here? Absolutely, and treating them like they're your own family. What aspects yeah. of hip fracture care do you think remain a challenge and how does your site deal with this? Yeah, so uh, it's interesting that the hip fracture registry, they always come up with like new thing for you to fill in. Um, so one of the things that um, in 2019, I attended a um, Fragility Fracture Network conference. And at the time, one of the topics that was really, you know, you know, like right there for, for all the geriatricians out there, you need to be careful of is I know it's about malnutrition. 
So malnutrition is one of the things that I would say that is the biggest challenge for me in managing um, patients with hip fracture because a good percentage, like 30 to 40% of these patients actually come in malnourished. And when they are in hospital, you know, they, we actually starve them for them to go for surgery. And after surgery, you know, they are a bit delirious and they don't eat well and leading to further you know, starvations and malnutrition among them. So at the moment, what I what the issues that I identified I think should improve is actually um, the malnutrition management of my patients in the ward. Um, we have put the patients on high energy and protein diet uh, for all the hip fracture patients, but personally, I felt feel that there's not enough. Um, we have very limited dietitian. Um, dietitian input for our patients just because that you know the diet that one of our dietitians has to manage three different wards and some patients for instance like the general surgical patients with massive abdominal surgery requiring tp and obviously you know they have they will be prioritized for their dietitian input as compared to you know a 95 year old with a broken hip um, weighing 39 kg and um, she's eating all right because she has a toast this morning and we have given her for the sip. Um, you know, that is pretty much, you know, um, that's their standard diet and we have done our very best. So I hope that, you know, with, with the data and everything is actually to empower our dietitian to actually, hey, you know, look at this patient, you know, the hip fracture patient, they do really need your help and your care and try to improve their overall nutritional status. So that is, that is like one of my goals. And I have been trying to achieve this goal for the last few years. And so, and I've did quite a lot of talks and I also tried to organize meeting with the dietitians you know can we do something can we get some FTEs you know uh, unfortunately it's just that we are really under resourced for white matter for that um, I hope that you know I have like Dr. Jack Bell who is the, he's like such an enthusiastic person for hip fracture care malnutrition. I hope that I, we could have someone like him in our DHB driving this. Very lucky patients who get dietetic input from him for sure. And it yeah. is such an important issue and a great goal. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Siao, for your time. And congratulations once again to North Shore Hospital for the 2021 ANZHFR New Zealand Golden Hip Award winning. Thank you.